What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to the City Boy Rock Podcast. This week, all three of the boys are back on, Vincent, me, and Kenny, um, for the first time in a while. And we get into a lot of stuff, wildcard weekend, give, we give out our predictions for that. And we talk about, you know, all the things going around in the NFL with um, the head coaching vacancies. Talked about Mike Rabel getting fired, obviously Ron Rivera. Um, talked about Nick Saban retiring. Um, we touched on Bel- Bill Belichick a little bit, but this was recorded prior to his um, departure from the Patriots. So shout out on an amazing run for Bill Belichick um, on the Patriots. 24 years, six Super Bowls. I know a lot of people have been questioning the validity of his GOAT status over the past few years without Tom Brady, but I think it was a collective effort, you know, 60-40, 70-30, Tom Brady, um, Bill Belichick in terms of like the overall credit that goes to each of them, but I don't think either would have had the success they had together without each other. Um, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, Bill Belichick made the move, you know, to bench Drew Bledsoe, who was the highest paid player in the league, I believe, at that point, $100 million contract, um, and went with the hot hand and Tom Brady, and they ended up starting a dynasty due to that. So um, congrats on a great career with the Patriots um, for Bill Belichick. I'm excited to see where he goes. My prediction right now is that he's going to wait it out, see what happens this wild card weekend, maybe next weekend. Um, you know, if the Eagles get embarrassed on Monday night and fire Nick Sirianni, that um, head coach position could open up. If the Dallas Cowboys disappoint this playoffs, that head coaching position might open up. Um, and I think those are two jobs that are much better than the ones that are available right now. So, um Great episode um, here. Um, let's get ready for playoff football. Here we go. What is going on, Frank Kenny? How y'all doing today? Good. Doing good. Ready for some playoff football. Yes, sir. It's been a minute since I've been on. It's been a minute since I've been on, too. Anyways, just want to let y'all know, if y'all keep up with this podcast, we're in a fantasy football league. Uh, I just won the league. Two-time champion. Um, yeah, nobody can tell me nothing. Uh, two-time champion. And the NFL playoffs are about to start. Uh, week 18 just wrapped up. We got all the playoff seedings pretty much locked, or we got them all locked in right now. The, the the matchups are set, and the road to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas is finally here. Um, yeah, we're just going to break down all of the games, and then we're going to tell you all about the coaching firings on that Black Monday, and um, we're going to tell you about talk about Nick Saban's uh, legacy at Alabama. So here we go. Let's get started. Starting off in the NFC, we got the two seed, my Dallas Cowboys, who squeaked out the two seed. I don't know how the Eagles absolutely sold that, but they did. Um, the Eagles sold, losing the last two or losing three of their last four. And, um, yeah, or losing five of their last six, actually. Six, yeah. Ever since the 49ers game, it's been rough for the Eagles. They had the easiest schedule to close out the season and just try to get the division. But they couldn't do it. They fall to the five seed. The Cowboys get the two seed, and they host – Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers in Jerry World. Um, I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say about this game. Obviously, the Packers weren't the team I'd really want to face in the first round. Um, but I mean, there's I what I want to what I want to face the Rams. No, what I want to face Tampa Bay right now. No, what I want to face any other team in the NFC. Probably not. So the Packers, as a seven seed, who are hot, they're on a three game win streak. Jordan Love looks like the real deal. Like I've been saying. He's coming to Jerry World, and the Cowboys have a – I mean, we have a lot to deal with, bro. It's the Green Bay Packers. We know how Aaron Rodgers did us. It's time to see how Jordan Love fares against this Cowboys team. Um, it, the spread right now is negative seven or minus 7.5 for the Cowboys at home. Cowboys should win comfortably. They should. Obviously, we know, how, we know the Cowboys in the playoffs. Nothing's ever easy for us. Um, but the way Dak Prescott's been playing this year – the way this defense has stepped it up after getting embarrassed in Buffalo um, and not being able to stop Tua in the last drive in Miami, the Cowboys defense has looked a lot better against um, the Lions and obviously Sam Howell and the Commanders. But this this Cowboys team, the aura, the air feels a little different this year. Um, obviously, the last two seasons have not ended the way all Cowboys fans have wanted to end at the hands of the 49ers. 
Luckily, we do not have to face them if we went out to the NFC Championship game. Uh, I really – this should be the first stepping stone. It should be a comfortable win. Um, I know how the Cowboys are in the playoffs, and the fact that Jerry Jones was – or not Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson was just inducted into the Ring of Honor, I feel like that lifted a curse, this dark cloud over the Cowboys. And I'm, I'm expecting a comfortable win here. Uh, the Cowboys should win this game. The defense should get stops. Jordan Love obviously is going to put up a big fight, but that Packers defense – is not the strongest suit of his team. And I think Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb will be able to cook. Um, Jair, it's basically if Jair can lock down CeeDee because I don't know if Dak can find any other weapons. He's literally targeted CeeDee like Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford that one year. Um, so I think the Cowboys should be able to win this game. They really need to rely on the run game here because they will be in a big lead and just got to kill some clock. But I think the Cowboys will escape. There are 16, win, 16 straight wins in Jerry World. And I think the Cowboys are going to continue this up. I have the Cowboys win this game 28-17 to 17, uh, in a comfortable win. Yes, I, I got them winning, unfortunately, as well. Um, as much as I would like to pick the upset um, with Jordan Love coming in, um, playing really well the past few weeks, I think he's 10 touchdowns, one interception in the last four games. Um, he's really stepped it up across the end of the year. Um, we were – Kind of, you know, questioning him after that uh, early season loss to uh, the, Raiders. the Raiders. Like, he did not look good. Matt LaFleur did not look happy with him at that point. And he had come off a few games where he was struggling as well. But he really turned it around. And I feel like he's he plays with, like, a lot of swagger, I feel. And, like, you can tell when he's feeling confident. And I feel like he's been playing like that the past few weeks. Um, but... I think this Dallas team is just a little too good. They're a little too experienced um, for this Packers team. I think the defense of the Packers is going to get exposed. They were, they've been playing pretty good the last two weeks, but prior to that, they let Bryce Young have his best game of the year. Um, mm -hmm. A Panthers offense that has been absolutely horrible. They're last in the league. They let them drop 30 on them. Um, and they, they were lucky to win that game too. Um, and their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, um, Packers fans have been calling for his firing the whole year. There is, they even made a website called firejoeberry.com. So it's clearly not going that well for that defense. I think they can be had in, in the past game and the run game, especially in the past. That secondary is not that great outside of Jair Alexander. Um, so I think they're going to take advantage. They're going to move CD around and make sure Jair as, is on him as little as possible. And I think they're going to find a lot of gaps in this um, Joe Barry defense and be able to exploit it. They're at home, um, and Mike McCarthy, this is kind of a revenge game for him. I think the Packers will put up a good fight, but in the end, I think Dallas is going to win 27-20. Yeah, that's not much that I have to add. I think I'm also in agreement with the Cowboys winning this week. Um, like, like you guys talked about, Dallas' home advantage is crazy. It's, what, 16 straight games, you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not even, they're blowing teams out at home. They're not even keeping it close most of the time, except for the Lions. Except for the Lions game, which was, yeah. <laughs> and this is this is a team with arguably the best quarterback this season. Um, against a defense that has numerous holes in the secondary, um, the run defense is not good. You're going against great passing offense, a good O line. If Pollard can get it going, you know. It shouldn't be close. Um, I think the pass rush of Dallas is what's really going to cause Jordan Love to struggle in this game. I think he might going to get to the quarterback, and it's going to be hell for the Packers. I got the Cowboys winning this game, 34-21. All right, moving on now to a much-anticipated matchup. Um, somehow the NFL script got the Lions hosting the Los Angeles Rams the Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford trade has come full circle, and we are going to see them in playoff action in Ford Field. Highly anticipated game. Matthew Stafford's return to Detroit. Has he been back to Detroit ever since he became a Ram? Mm -mm, this is first time. First I think they time. played each other the first year, but it was in L.A. So. Yeah, so this is the first time ever Matthew Stafford is going back to Detroit. It's probably going to be the most highly anticipated game. I feel like it might be more watched. Actually, no, the Cowboys game is going to be more watched than that. But this is going to be a, a huge game for all NFL fans. Um, two teams that, I mean, defied expe I mean, the, the Lions defied expectations this year, and so did 
the uh, Los Angeles Rams. We did not expect the Rams to be in the playoffs this year. I, bro, like Sean McVay and the entire Rams coaching staff and the entire roster, kudos to them because I really had them going last in that or second to last after mm-hmm. Arizona division, maybe like squeaking out six wins, seven wins. I didn't expect a 10 win season for them. And also the way they turned it around after absolutely getting, I think they got pummeled by Dallas. And after that, they just turned it back up. Mm-hmm. Um, Puka Nakua breaking the, I think it was the all time for rookie receiving Receptions yards. Receptions and receiving Receptions, yards. Yeah. yeah. So him, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams, they have a three headed monster and Matthew Stafford obviously playing really good football. Um, this Rams offense is flowing, they look good. Um, obviously, there's a lot, not, you know, there's not enough to be said about the lines as well. Jerry Goff's playing good football. Obviously, we got Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery, that two headed uh, monster running back. And then you got Amon Ross St. Brown having a career season as well. It's going to be offensive shootout. I feel like both these defenses aren't necessarily the best. Uh, I would give the edge to the Rams just a little bit. Um, we saw what the Lions defense have given up this season. Obviously, they aren't – that's not their strong suit. Um, I think this game is going to be beautifully coached. We have Sean Johnson as the offense coordinator, and then obviously Sean McVay calling the plays for the Rams. Um, it's going to be a shootout, I feel like, and I think – Matthew Stafford is going to break the hearts of Lions fans once again. He's going to come into Detroit, and he's going to pull out the win. I got the Rams winning this one in a very close shootout, 34-31 on a Matthew Stafford game-winning drive. Um, I also got to say, Matthew Stafford is responsible for some of the best receiving seasons in NFL history. Cooper Cup, Triple Crown, Puka Nakua as a rookie, and Calvin Johnson's seasons. I mean – Matthew Stafford is low-key starting to become underrated as a quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I got the Rams winning this game. Yeah, this is, like, in terms of storylines, I think this is the best game. Um, you know, you got, you know, two number one picks that were basically – they were traded for each other, playing their old teams. Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit for the first time, that's going to be very emotional for the Detroit fans. I think they're – Ticket prices are the most ever for a wild card game. Like their ch- cheapest ticket is like five hundred bucks, which is crazy. So you know that building is going to be buzzing. But I think Matthew Stafford's going to come in there and they're going to take that game. Um, I just can't trust the Detroit Lions defense, bro. The last two weeks, C.D. Lamb two hundred plus mm-hmm. yards. They had absolutely no answer for him last week. Justin Jefferson one hundred seventy five yards. He were he easily could have gotten to two hundred if. Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins wasn't so terrible. Um, so I don't think they have an answer for, like, big-time receivers. And you have two very, very good receivers in Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. I just don't see how they can stop them. Their secondary has been awful. It's been terrible. And um, both of these defenses aren't that great, but I trust the Rams, their infrastructure, their coaching. Raheem Morris is basically coaching – for, you know, a potential head coaching position, I think. And he's, like, he's a good defensive coordinator. So um, even though the Rams secondary is young and, um, you know, tends to give up some big plays, I think they'll be, like, you know, you have Aaron Donald, you know, in a playoff game. That's always scary. He's going to be the best player on the field. Um, And, you know, we're going to see a coaching mismatch, I think. Dan Campbell, yes, he's done a lot of great things, but I think Sean McVay, that's another level up from, you know, the Dan, Dan Campbells of the world. And Sean McVay, even though he's like an aggressive offensive coach, he tends to take the points when they're there. And we know Dan Campbell has a tendency to kind of go for it a lot. And I feel like one of those decisions is going to come back to haunt him in this game. And um, the Rams are going to pull out a close one, 26-23. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams as well, I think. Um both these teams' defenses are terrible, and I think it'll come down to which quarterback Stafford versus Goff. Um, and the fact that the Rams are going to have Luka and Cooper Cup, not looking good for that. Um, you have the experience of Aaron Donald, Stafford, who battle-tested. They've been to Super Bowl. They have rings. The Lions are the first division title in 30 years, first time in the playoffs in how long? Since 1992, been a while, so you know it's gonna be some. It's gonna be some jitters. It's gonna be some butterflies in the stomach. It's not gonna come back. I think it will be an offensive shootout. I, I do think. You know, Jared Goff will get his. Um, 
Jameer Gibbs will get his. If Gibbs can get going and David Montgomery not running game going crazy, then the Lions have a chance in this game. Not, um, I have those well, we know how Dan Campbell is about the running game, bro. This man yeah. hates Jameer Gibbs for some reason. Yeah, it's not, it's not looking it's not looking good for the Lions right now. So I'm gonna have to take the Rams, uh, 28-24. Yeah. Um, moving on now to a matchup that nobody expected: the Philadelphia Eagles heading to Tampa Bay. Um, to play the Buccaneers, obviously the Eagles first, they're looking like the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think we can officially say that um, one of the worst, was it 11-1 were they at one point? Probably the worst 11-1 uh, yeah, team we've ever seen. Um, obviously A.J. Brown a little banged up. Jalen Hurts, dislocated finger. Everything is just not working at the right time for the Eagles. Um, it's just they're heading into a and also they have Probably, I think it's one of the worst defenses in the NFL. It's the worst in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, it's the worst in the playoffs for sure, especially through the air. I could see any of these teams, if they get past Tampa, they're going to get worked by the the Cowboys once again. Um, This is like the first time in a couple seasons where I'm really just not scared of the Eagles at all. Um, Ever since that 49ers game where Nick Bosa said they had the blueprint for Jalen Hurts, he really hasn't been the same quarterback. Uh, Let's be completely honest. He has the most was it interceptions this year? He has the same exact – no, not after Josh Allen, but I think he's one of the most turnovers in the league this year. Um, Jalen Hurts doesn't really scare me as much anymore besides that tush push. Uh, he has 23 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Uh, Nick Sirianni looks like he has no idea what's going on. He like Ever since he was taunting Chiefs fans after that game, this Eagles team, they were squeaking by team – they were squeaking by bad teams, good teams early on in the season, and I think it's time for them to really get exposed – uh, the Buccaneers are playing with house money. Baker Mayfield is out there. We know how he is. He is a dog. Uh, I think the story of Baker going back into the playoffs, taking this Buccaneers team to the third straight division title is very impressive. Um, and they have the two-headed monster and obviously Mike Evans. Who is going to guard Mike Evans, bro? Like, who is actually going to guard Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? I, I really don't know. Um, you got Rashad White having a great season, not through the ground, but, you know, everything else, he can catch the ball. But uh, I think the I think Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to pull off. I don't know if it's an upset really at this point, but I think we're going to see more of the same from the Eagles. Stagnant, predictable offense. We're not going to go anywhere. Uh, that Buccaneers defense is playing pretty, very good actually. Antoine Winfield is playing great football. Um, Levante Davis there. Um, Devin White. I mean, this Buccaneers defense is I wouldn't say as good as that Tom Brady season, but they're playing very well. And Todd Bowles, he's a great coach. I think we got to give him some credit there. He's got this team to back-to-back uh, division champs. And uh, I think the Buccaneers are going to win this game in a pretty ugly, close game. I'm going to go 20-14 to 14 Buccaneers on top. This is a hard – I think this is the hardest one to pick on the slate because there's a lot of injuries. And we don't know about the status of Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. We don't know how bad Jalen Hurts' finger is, but – what we do know is that the Eagles' defense absolutely sucks. Um, like, dude, it's bad. Like, you let Tyra Taylor – I mean, Kyler – Dicing you up, bro. Every, all the quarterbacks were dicing you up at the end of the season. Like, any – yeah, everybody was dicing them up. Sam Howell diced them up twice. Josh Allen, you can name it. Every quarterback, basically, they played. Zach Wilson, even, that game that they yeah, – he played pretty good. well. So, their defense is a problem. Um, but – I'm just not sure about Baker because he was like barely like limping off the field last week against Carolina. Yeah. And they, that was not an impressive win for them. They easily could have lost that game. Um, I think they're reeling, um, especially if Baker's not 100% because we've seen Baker when he's not at hundred percent, it's, it doesn't look that good. Um, in that last Brown season, obviously he had the shoulder injury this time. I think he had an ankle and a rib injury. And this Eagles team, even though they haven't been playing well, they got a lot of veterans. I think they're, they're going to play with a lot of pride. I mean, it could be Fletcher Cox's last game. It could be Brandon Graham's last game. Who knows, maybe Jason Kelsey's last game. Um, so I think they're going to do just enough. I think they're going to commit to running the ball a little more. Um, and they're going to take advantage of kind of a weak buck secondary just enough. Um, to pull out this win, um, but it's not going to be impressive. I, I think they're Nick Sirianni is kind of coaching for his job because if they lose this, the way they've collapsed, 
I don't know. Like the Eagles have shown that they'll move off coaches pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, outside of Andy Reid. Um, and they kind of pushed him out too. So, um, yeah, I think the um, Eagles will win a close one, 20 to 17. Yeah, they're all valid concern about the Eagles. You know, this end of the year stretch was terrible. I mean, losing to losing to the Giants, losing to the Cardinals as you know, team that started out ten on one is a terrible look. Um, firing your defensive coordinator midseason and replacing them with Matt Patricia, like it's just bad decisions all around. Um, like you, like y'all said, Jalen hurts his finger and AJ Brown's knees doesn't be watched. But I do think that the Eagles roster itself is too talented for the Bucks. Like, even though they're playing terribly, don't get me wrong. I think this the sheer level of talent between the two teams will allow for the Eagles to squeak by this one. Um, Baker has played a great season. Mike, Mike Evans, it's the model of consistency of a receiver. We know what we'll get from them. Um, but that. Like, I was actually concerned. I, I wanted, I wanted the Bucks to lose. I wanted to see the Saints in the playoffs, but it, it, it was a possibility they lost again. And, and the Panthers is the worst team that I've seen in a while. DJ Shark fumbled out of the end zone. He had a touchdown. Yeah, it, I think I think the Panthers are probably bottom three team that I've seen in a long time. And you're struggling with, struggling with that. It's not going to look good against the Eagles. I mean. Even though the, the defense is trash, their D line is still. You got guys in that D line, and that could be an issue for Baker, especially if he's, if he's injured. So, I think I'm gonna take the Eagles here. I'm um, in a very close one. I'm gonna take them 28-25. You know, when in doubt, throw up to Mike Evans, man. I'm, yeah. I, I guarantee you, he will cook somebody in this Eagles secondary. Oh, for um, sure. Oh, we're getting from him. Moving on now, heading over to the AF. See, um, first game we got to talk about the Buffalo Bills taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two teams early in the season, we just did not expect to be in the playoffs at this point. Um, it's going to be – listen, uh, Mason Rudolph, I didn't expect him to be the quarterback starting for the for the Steelers at this point in the season. Uh, they ran through three quarterbacks, but Mike Tomlin once again has gotten this team into the playoffs, 10-7, and seven, another winning season for Mike Tomlin. But once again, this is where the season is going to end for the Steelers. Uh, I really think the Steelers team, they're they're just, I mean, they're just so, like, I just can't watch this team. Um, and they're going against a, a red-hot Buffalo Bills team who, what is their win streak right now, four or five? Five. Five. Five-game five win, five win streak, the hottest team in the NFL. And they are heading up to Buffalo to play against the Bills. We know how Bills Mafia is going to be. And I just don't think, I just don't see a, a way that the, the Bills lose this game unless Josh Allen literally just throws the ball away, like five interceptions, six interceptions or something. Um, but even then, I don't know. The Steelers' offense have looked better ever since Mason Rudolph was the starters, starting quarterback. Um, Najee Harris looked like he's turning it up just a little bit. Mason Rudolph, he's not afraid to throw the ball, unlike, you know, Kenny Pickett and uh, and Mitch Trubisky. He's not afraid to throw the ball deep downfield, throw it to Pickens. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I think the Bills are just – a better team um, on paper, on everything. Uh, they're going to win this game comfortably at home. Uh, I got them winning 35-20. to 20. Yeah, I would have given the, the Steelers an outside chance if T.J. Watt is there because he's one of those game-breakers who can, you know, change a game with a few plays defensively. But with him not being there – Obviously, this is going to be in Buffalo. It's going to be super cold and windy. I think it's going to be like 30-mile-an-hour winds. Um, You want a guy who can just rip the ball through the air, and Mason Rudolph is just not that. Um, He's been kind of known to not have much of an arm. So it's going to be very tough for them to pass the ball. And if you want to keep up with this Bills offense, you're going to have to be able to pass the ball, and they just can't do that in those conditions. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball that well. Um, and Josh Allen, I think he's going to take care of business. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them going into this playoffs. You know, Sean McDermott's job could be on the line. And just think they're a little too talented. They're the better team. And um, they're going to be at home. It's going to be rocking. Um, and I think they'll win relatively comfortably 27 to 10. 
But I can't. I can't. Even though I know, I know what the roster is like. I know he's actually better. But you got to look at it like this: Buffalo's been red hot. They've won the last five games. But how close were each one of those games? One score games, and those are the exact games the Pittsburgh Steelers thrive on. We love, we love taking people down to the last second, making it a gritty win. You know, when no one expected it to happen, and that's what's going to happen this weekend. Um, Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett, whoever starts, I know the passing game is not going to be there. I, I've known that all year. We've seen it all year. This game, if the Steelers want to have a chance, going to rely on Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, and they, the run game has looked magnificent in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even realize when Najee finished the season off with top 10 in rushing yards, which I really would have thought he would have done if you asked me on week five. Um, TJ Watt not being there obviously going to hurt, so we have to rely on guys like you know, Alex Highsmith. We know what he is. Kim Hayward's back. Um, the emergence of JPJ. We got to have him. You know, have the, the farm days on the island. We got to take care of business on the defensive end and run that ball out. That's the key to winning this game. Um, keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands, and you know we can make a splash. So I'm gonna take the Steelers, 17, I'm gonna take 21-17. Bills are only gonna score 17 points at home. Yeah. Damn. All right. What? Moving on to Arrowhead State Arrowhead Field. Uh, we got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, in September, this would be a game um, that we would love to see. But the conditions right now, the weather forecast, I think it's like zero degrees, yep. negative nine degrees wind chill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just not prime conditions for a Miami football, Miami Dolphins football team. It's all about finesse. We have Tyreek Hill coming back to Arrowhead um, to play against the Chiefs. Tua, I don't know if he can handle this at Arrowhead. The Dolphins had a, ended the season pretty rough. Um, I mean, they lost to Will Levis. They bounced back, beat the Cowboys, and then they lost to Josh Allen. Uh, I just don't – this Dolphins team does not strike any fear in me unless they're playing in Miami and they got the number one seed throughout the entire playoffs. They would have a shot. But I just don't see this this Dolphins team going into Arrowhead in these conditions and pulling off the win. Um, they Like I said, they're a very finesse team. They're going to have to rely a lot on the running game if they want a shot at this game. Uh, I don't see – I mean, the, the Arrowhead, Arrowhead in the playoffs is a different is a different aura. We've seen Patrick Holmes get to the conference championships – as a number one seed or in Arrowhead Stadium for like the past five seasons. Um, I just see the Chiefs actually maybe in a blowout against this Dolphins team because um, if they can't get that running game going, then there's just no way. And if they get behind early, I just don't see a way that they just start throwing the ball like they were early in the season where they can just come back easily and just drop 40 points on you. Uh, I got the Chiefs winning this game 31-10. to 10. Yeah, um, this is an absolute nightmare for the Dolphins, nightmare situation. Um, You know, I think it's going to be the coldest game in Dolphins history. And the way this team is kind of of a finesse team, I don't think it plays well into their hands. Um, It's going to be super loud in Arrowhead. We know what this defense in Kansas City is capable of. If you can get to Tua, you, you're going to be able to rattle him. We don't know if Jalen Waddle is going to play, so he's not going to have that safety blanket. Um, is And I think they're going to double Tyreek and do as much as they can to take him out of the game. So the only real scenario where I see the Miami Dolphins keeping it closer, possibly getting the upset, is if they just run the ball, keep running the ball like they were doing in the first half against the Buffalo Bills. I think they'll have most straight back, so they'll have that two-headed monster in the backfield. So they're gonna have to do as much as po- much as they can to, you know, keep it close and make sure they're able to run the ball throughout the game. But I just don't see their defense being able to make crucial stops, especially losing like their entire um, edge rush edge rushing room. Like they lost Van Ginkle, they lost. Bradley Chubb, they lost Jalen Phillips. They're signing guys off the street um, to rush the passer. And I'm not sure if they're going to have Zayvon Howard. Um, and they lost Jerome Baker. So they're they're reeling defensively. Um, they're kind of just falling apart um, injury-wise. So I think Mahomes is going to take advantage of that. Kelsey, I think, you know, he's – I think in 14 playoff games, he has 16 touchdowns, which is crazy. 
So I think he's going to have a little bit of a bounce back. It was not his best season um, this year so far. So I think they're going to do as much as they can to get him involved. And I don't see a scenario where the the Dolphins can really stop that. I think they're going to go to the good old reliable and um, it's going to work against this defense. And I got the Chiefs winning um, relatively comfortably um, 28 to 20. Yeah. All right, moving on. Oh, okay. Kenny's going to get the pick. Yeah, Chiefs, this is not going to be a close game. The conditions are not right for the Dolphins. You know, zero-degree weather, defensive injuries, and you're going against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's cooked for the Dolphins. Their season's over. The last time they played, um, especially if Waddle's not back, the Chiefs don't have to stop Hill. And if Waddle's not there, they're just going to do that. And who else are you going to go to? You have to rely on your running game. So, I mean, unfortunately, that's just the way the Dolphins team is set up. Um, they're not good for cold weather, especially with sp- speed in the cold. Yeah, they're going to be a little slower, obviously. So, I just think the deck, the deck is stacked against them. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs here 28, just because 28 to 14. All right. Moving on now, this is the hardest game for me to pick, uh, the Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland's heading into Houston to play uh, at Houston, the AFC South division champs, something that we just did not expect coming into the season. C.J. Stroud has turned up to another level, uh, the surprise team of the season for sure. D'Amico Ryans has, is, should be front, one of the front runners for coach of the year. Um, this Texan team looks good. And on paper, defensively, offensively, they're a solid team. Um, obviously, C.J. Stroud is a top-five quarterback playing like one right now as a rookie, um, and they're heading into a matchup against a team that we don't know what to expect week in and week out. Obviously, with Joe Flacco in the lineup, 38 years old, he's playing like 2012 Joe Flacco, and then let's see if we can get that from him this this week. Um, both these teams have good rosters. The Browns defensively have a great roster. Um, they're hit or miss, though. Sometimes the Browns can strap you up. Sometimes they'll let you drop 30 on you. We've seen what they did against the 49ers, uh, and I think this Browns team, I think I just want them to win because I know all Ravens fans right now are praying for the Texans because the last team any of the Ravens, last team the Ravens want to play right now is the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. and Joe Flacco in that revenge game. Uh, I really want to see that, so I'm just picking the Browns right here. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. I think CJ Stroud is going to put up a big fight. He has that dog in him. I think this Texans team's a little too young right now uh, to make a deep playoff push, but they do look good, and I just see Joe Flacco. I mean, the way he's playing right now, I think he's going to keep keep it up. Um, maybe throw a couple picks, but he'll make it up with, like, three touchdowns and 350 yards or something. He has the weapons. He knows how to use Njoku. Uh, he has Amari Cooper, obviously. And uh, if they need to rely on the run game, Jerome Ford is not a bad option. If they did have Nick Chubb, though, this Browns team would be scary, but I don't think anybody would want to play them. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I got the Browns winning this game, squeaking by the Texans. I think this game is going to be is going to say a lot about the AFC picture because I listen. If the Browns win this game, wait for the next episode of the podcast to see my prediction. I think they can take down the Ravens. And uh, yeah, I got the Browns winning this game in a close one, twenty six to twenty one. Yeah, this is a really interesting matchup. I'm really not sure who to pick, um, but um, you know, you know the. You know the game here. I got to pick one. Um, so the only – I'm going with the Browns, um, but I'm kind of worried because, you know, they, they have really good defensive numbers and stuff, but their defense on the road has been susceptible to some big plays and stuff. So that's something I'm definitely worried about with, you know, against the team quarterback by C.J. Stroud who's been making big, big plays all season. We saw the first play of the last game. Um, Nico Collins on a 76-yard strike. So if the Browns can, you know, limit the big plays, I think they're going to be able to run the ball against this te- uh, this Texans defense. We saw it last week. Jonathan Taylor was running all over them. Um, and I think, you know, the Browns are a team who stays committed to the run. Amari Cooper had 265 yards on them last game. I don't think he's going to have that many. But um, I think that this offense is going to be able to kind of do – what they want against the Texans defense. Um, so it's going to be a matter of the Browns defense containing CJ Stroud. They have Grant Delpit coming back. All their corners are healthy again for this game. Denzel Ward fully healthy now, I think. 
Um, they're coming off, you know, a week where most of their big guys got a rest. And um, I think they're going to pull off this game. Joe Flacco, the Flacco Sons continues. Um, and I think the Browns pull out a close one, 23 to 20. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a good game. Um, last time they played, Cleveland did win. I know it wasn't particularly close, but CJ Stroud didn't play that game. Um, so I think it'll be a little bit closer than that. Um, only problem is that the Browns defense, no matter, even though they're on the road, Miles Garrett's a different beast. And I don't know. Texas, it's, if they can stop him, the Texans have a great chance of winning this game. But like I said, it is Miles Garrett. And whenever T.J. Stroud faces pressure throughout the entire game, the Texans tend to lose. Um, yeah. So, like I said, neutralizing that pass rest is key for the Texans. But I think with the way Joe Flacco is playing right now, um, and even though Nick Chubb is in there, you know, Ford has been a serviceable replacement throughout this entire season. Um, I just think, you know, Flacco can want him more just to get to that um, game against the Ravens. Uh, Miles Dead, you know, he's in talk for D- DPOI. He wants to prove everybody who's saying, you know, Michael Parsons or TJ Watt wrong. I think the motivation is there for the Browns. The talent's there for the Browns. I think the experience is there for the Browns. So I have to take the Browns 27-20 over the tech. Even though CJ Stroud, he's him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's it's just tough because they have like one like decent receiver and the Browns secondary. I think they're going to do whatever they can to take him away. Yeah. Um, and hey. you can't really trust the other guys, especially if there's no Robert Woods. At least he's like a veteran who's been there. I don't know if he's going to play. So the receiving options outside of Nico Collins and Schultz, it's gonna it's it's rough. Yeah, if Tank, if Tank Bell was there, I think it's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on now. Instead of talking about the teams that made the playoffs, we're going to talk about teams that did not and eventually fire their coaches. Starting off with the most surprising departure um, of the offseason, pretty much. Mike Vrabel, leave it, or fired. I think he was fired from the Tennessee Titans. I don't know what he could have possibly done with this roster to do anything better. Um, I don't know. He's obviously going to be a top target for a head coaching position somewhere else in this league. He's been, he was that first, I would say like de facto, like player coach where he was a former player and he just motivated the players really well. He had that great 2019 season where Derrick Henry basically just took off and just ran through the Ravens and eventually lost to the chiefs in the uh, conference championship. But, I mean, this Titans team, I think, is more so of a personnel issue rather than a coaching issue. Mike Vrabel did all he could to coach this team to where they are, to, uh, to where they got to at the end of the season. They did beat this Jacksonville team and sent them home. So I was very confused by this move. I think the Titans are just going to hit that reset button and just try to rebuild, maybe build through Will Levis or, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. But I, I think Derrick Henry is going to be gone. I think Will Levis is going to be gone. I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be there next year. But, uh, yeah, this Titans team hitting a reset. Um, and for my prediction of where Mike Vrabel will go, I got him going to the Los Angeles Chargers and coaching up Justin Herbert uh, alongside Kellen Moore. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it was super surprising. I definitely was not expecting it. But there were some reports of some internal strife, like him and the GM didn't get along. So I think, you know, this – they just wanted to go in a different direction. He had done as much as he could with the personnel he had. Like he had to deal with the likes of Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis, Malik Willis. Like he did not get the best of quarterback play. I think he was very disappointed when they got rid of AJ Brown. Um, and Traylon Burks just did not have a good second year. Um, so they kind of just got nothing for that trade pretty much. Um, so I think he did really well given the pieces he had. They're really good underdogs. They had some really good wins, even in a losing season. Like that Dolphins win on Monday night was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously beating the Jags and knocking them out of the playoff contention was also a very good win um, and a nice way to go out for Vrabel and Derrick Henry. So I think he's going to find a spot. I like, you know, the Chargers situation, especially if they keep Kellen Moore. But I think – they're lining this up for him to go to the Patriots. 
Oh, I'm man. not sure. If, I'm not sure if Bill Belichick's thing. It's like weird, like the stuff. I don't even know if Rabel wants to go. To the yeah, <laughs> but I think he would be a like he would be a good fit there. He's been there. He knows. You know, he's in the Ring of Honor. Um, and I think you know, turning around whatever is left of this Patriots dynasty, um, or what. Uh, I guess nothing's really left besides Belichick at this point because Matthew Slater retired. But, yeah, uh, I think he could play a huge part in that, and maybe he'll get more control of personnel and stuff. Yeah. Rabel one of the best coaches in the league. I think just what he had the last four years – four years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last four years. Um, the team's never been that good, but we've seen them you know, take the Chiefs to – Back to the wire or make it a good game in the first half at least. We've seen him do a lot with nothing. And I think that's a sign of a good coach, someone who can get the best out of his players. Um, and I think there's a bunch of teams in the league who could use that. We saw we saw that Chargers, uh, how they looked under, what's his name, Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. I think this is a team that needs a culture change. I think that's exactly what um, Vrabel can bring. I think mm-hmm. rejuvenate, rejuvenate the offense, rejuvenate the defense, and we can see we can see the Chargers make a huge up next year with him, um, but he is definitely I think, if not the best coach in the market right now, and I think every team will be lucky to have him. I really hope it's not the Patriots because I can't deal with another Patriots dynasty again. I promise you, I can't. So keep him away. I'll say this about Vrabel right here: like Lions fans love Dan Campbell, but if like the Mike real players coach, the OG Mike Vrabel, man, Mike Vrabel, the OG. Um, all right. Moving on now to the team I know Shrey wants to talk about, the Washington Commanders. After, oh, long overdue, right, Shrey? How many years overdue has it been, would you say? At least a year. At least a year overdue. They you should have been fired have after he put Wentz back in last year. <laughs> they finally got rid of Ron Rivera. I remember he said the, take, the, the rebuild takes, what, four years or something? Mm-hmm. And they got, got worse. He got to the playoffs, what, for year one? Yeah, year one. And after that, it's been slowly downhill until this year. It just all came to a collapse. I think Ron Rivera should just ride off into the sunset and never coach an NFL team ever again. Um, I really didn't really – I didn't think he was that bad of a coach until I started seeing, like Stray said, look at him. His arms are just crossed. He's not saying anything. I feel like a lot of the players see that. They're not really motivated. Like, oh, he looks like he doesn't care. He's not really vouching for us. Why should we care? And that's kind of what we saw this season. Um, four and 13, he says some very ridiculous things to the media. Mm-hmm. He's a very old school coach, and I think he's like from the military. And I think the way he was coaching just wasn't fitting with the players in 2023 or 2024. Um, he also said he didn't start Sam Howell last year because he didn't know how good he was, bro. Like, why? There's just some things that Ron Rivera said where I'm just, I, I even I'm like, as a Cowboys, I'm like, damn, I did not expect this from Ron Rivera. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, Riverboat Ron is officially gone. Um, I think he's just going to end up riding off to the sunset. I think he should be – I think coaches like him in the NFL are going to go extinct. There's not going to be those old-school type of coaches anymore. Those very stoic, they don't say much. Um, yeah, they're done. Like the Belichick type of coaches, they're pretty much outdated and they're going to be gone from the league. And, yeah, Ron Vera's gone. And um, – a lot of reports saying Sean Johnson from Detroit Lions have, has the highest odds to go to Washington next year. And they have the highest salary cap coming into the next season, and they have a lot of draft capital. So I think the commanders are going to make a huge push next year. They're going to begin the real the rebuild that Ron Rivera never really started. And, um, yeah, they're going to get the number two pick. We'll see what they do with that, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. this was long over. Oh, go ahead. Ron Rivera's an idiot, bro. <laughs> Just <laughs> – the things I heard him say. I remember one, I think they were getting blown out in the first half one time. I forget what game it was. He said, I didn't oh talk to Oh, my God, him. please. Talk- the Thursday night. He said, game. I didn't talk to the. But yeah. they still won that game. Wasn't it against the Broncos? No, that was against the Bears, bro. Oh, against the Bears. Yeah, I, in my head, I was just like, if I was on that team, bro, and we're we're not playing well, and we go back to the locker room and there's no nothing being said, no adjustment, I'm just giving up on the team because I know there's no way we do anything that these are. Like, he's just unmotivated. He doesn't talk to the players, apparently. He was just a bad coach all year round. Um, the rebuild, the wrong of their era, failure. Just get rid of everything that has to do with Dan Snyder, honestly. I'm um, sorry. Um, 
I hope I really don't hope I hope Ben Johnson doesn't go there because I, I want him on the Steelers or somewhere else, not the commanders. But there's a lot of good coaching candidates out this uh this upcoming offseason. So you know I feel bad for the most, bro. E B man. Why did yeah. he go to why did he go to Washington? Out of all the teams you could have picked, bro. Yeah, he kinda got he kinda got screwed a little bit. I think he thought it was gonna be lined up for him after Ron Rivera left the season, he would be the next head coach up, but I don't think Josh Harris is gonna promote him. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope, not happening. Um yeah, this was long overdue. Um I don't even know what was worse, his coaching or his ability to pick players, because I don't think a single player he's drafted has been like a super impact player. Chase Young was his first draft pick. He's gone. Um, <laughs> he dressed wet too? No. Jay Gruden oh, drafted. So all her best players were from the Jay Gruden regime. Hey, Jay Gruden, McClure. man, low-key respect to Jay Gruden, bro. He wasn't yeah. that bad of a coach, bro. Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, all were uh, – and Montez Sweat, who was – who clearly showed how good he is um, this year, were all Jay Gruden's picks. And, you know, he drafted Jamin Davis. Failure. The offensive line got progressively worse as I knew that something was up after he cut Eric Flowers his first year because Eric Flowers actually played very, very well for us in the guard role, and he just cuts him. We got rid of Morgan Moses. Offensive line was just an absolute disaster. He did not pick a single impact player in the draft. He got rid of our Pro Bowl long snapper for a guy who could not snap. He traded up for a long snapper who's gone, who's not on the team anymore. Emmanuel Forbes, man. Like Emmanuel Forbes. Right there. You had Christian Gonzalez right there, and you decided to take Emmanuel Forbes because you had your eyes you – you were zeroed in on him for some reason. And, you know, his coaching was just abysmal. Like, you're a defensive coach, and our defense got progressively worse after year one. And it was the worst in the league this year. And it got even worse when you started calling plays. And the team had clearly given up on him. We were just getting obliterated every single game. Um, so there needed to be change. Obviously, with new ownership coming in, I don't think anyone who was there is going to stay in the, on the coaching staff um, for the most part. I mean, Eric Bieniemy, he was a Snyder hire. He's going to be gone. I think Josh Harris wants a full reset. My dream scenario would be Jim Harbaugh. Um, but I doubt that'll actually happen. So I think it'll end up being Ben Johnson, which I'm not mad about. We need a young offensive mind um, for the quarterback that we're, that we're eventually going to draft this year. So um, I think, you know, things are looking up. I, I'm putting my trust in Josh Harris. He's, he's co- like, uh, he hasn't won championships, but his teams have been at least relevant. You know, they've been playoff teams, winning teams. So if we can at least get to that, like, I'll be fine because we've been a dumpster fire my whole life. So uh, anything better than that, I'll take. Well, honestly, like, I think the commanders, I think what they really need to do is trade up for Caleb uh, Williams. Well, Caleb Williams will solve a lot of issues for them. But I honestly don't – I don't know, man. It's just a lot to rebuild. I think – but if they get the, if they get a C.J. Stroud type of player, a quarterback, I think you we might see that read that text. I'm going to be so scared if that happens, bro. The commanders have been two free wins my entire life, bro. Now it's going to be like – it's going to be harder, bro. I know. Oh, it is what it is, though. That is the case. It is what it is. Um, Moving on now to the final coach. I mean, not really letting go or firing. We have Pete Carroll who – retired kind of um he's gonna move he's pushed out kind of he's moving up to the front office so what we saw from what the celtics did with um brad, uh, brad stevens yeah Pete carroll's gonna be pretty much doing the same thing he's gonna be stepping into the front office the seahawks obviously uh, i gotta say Pete carroll one of the best coaches i've seen in my lifetime um he got i mean in college getting usc to where they were, um, the Reggie Bush days, Matt Liner days, and then transitioning over to the NFL. I think his first stint in Miami didn't go as well. He almost had Drew Brees, but folded that because he failed a physical or something. And uh, running back, running it back with the Seahawks, getting that Legion of Boom team to the Super Bowl and having one of the most dominant runs in NFL history. Uh, Pete Carroll has to be one of the most respected coaches in the league. He's 72 years old. He's old, but he coaches like he's 30. Um, I love Pete Carroll. 
I love his, the Seahawks teams, especially in the mid-2010s. Uh, they were amazing. He got Russell Wilson to where he is now. Russell Wilson now in Denver. But Pete Carroll, he dealt with a lot, bro. After all that Russell Wilson stuff came out, he still had that Seahawks team going to the playoffs every single year. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't make it to the playoffs this year. But Pete Carroll is – yeah, he's going to go down for me in my last time at least as one of the best coaches. Uh, great player, motivator, and – if only he just ran the ball, Marshawn Lynch at the one-yard line. They would be a dynasty in Seattle. But other than that, yeah, kudos to Pete Carroll. And I don't know where the Seahawks are going to go moving forward. Uh, I think they're going to hit the reset, too. I think Geno Smith is probably not going to be there. And, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to have to hit the reset button, maybe draft a quarterback this season, and we'll see who they get. They hire. I think Jim Harbaugh would be – and he gets to play the 49ers twice a year, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, this was definitely surprising too. Like when they when Adam Schefter reported there could be up to like 10 openings for coaching positions, I did not think Seattle would be one of them. Um, you know, he was getting up there in age. You know, I definitely felt like Seattle was kind of hitting a wall in terms of, you know, their potential, at least with like – they were just kind of a mediocre-ish, like, fringe playoff team. And they didn't have, like, a, they don't have a franchise quarterback. So they were kind of in a tough position. I think, you know, they have a lot of young talent, so might as well kind of just go into a rebuild, see if you can get a quarterback this year, trade up, because you have a lot of picks from the Russell Wilson trade, um, and get a quarterback this year, or kind of just go into a rebuild and try to get one next year, even though next year's class isn't as good. Um, but yeah, they need to find a franchise QB. They have a lot of talent. I feel lots of young talent. Um, and they've been, they've shown to draft pretty well, especially in later rounds. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe they'll bring in a young coach who can, I hope they don't bring in Dan Quinn. Cause that's kind of just, you know, bringing in the old regime and not, you know, you want to get a full reset in this kind of scenario. Um, and, you know, it's it's hard to see Pete Carroll, you know, leave as a coach because he's been like a staple of like, you know, football for the last NFL football for the last like decade. And his teams were really exciting on defense. Like, you know, the Legion of Boom, obviously, he's a very like animated coach and he's always on the sidelines running up and down, chewing that gun. <laughs> so like he's he's a huge figure in football. And, um, you know, I. I didn't realize he was older than Belichick and he he's kept, you know, he's, he's kept himself in good shape, honestly, but yeah, it's, it's hopefully, you know, the, his advisor role or whatever role he's going to take goes well. Um, congrats on a great career for him. I, I don't think he's going to coach anymore. Like he's getting up there. Um, and you know, he's, he's been really success, successful at the college level and the NFL level. And that's pretty rare. Um, so, Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer, either in college or the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think um, he's done enough to deserve consideration for it. And um, I think they're going to try to bring in uh, either promote Shane Waldron, who was their offensive coordinator this year or these past few years, or they're going to try for one of the you know hot coaching candidates outside, maybe. Maybe a run for Jim Harbaugh, like you said. But, um, yeah, I don't think they should get another retread. I think they should look forward to the future and try to find their franchise QB. Yeah. Pete Carroll, one of the greatest coaches of all time on that list. He's done a lot for the Seahawks. He's been there for a while. Um, obviously, the Russell Wilson area, era. Um, could have had two Super Bowls, but, I mean, one one is still a lot. It's hard to, it's hard to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. So, Kudos him on a great, great career. Um, he can he can also have a major impact on the Seahawks, Seahawks from the front office. Um, he's going to have an influence on a lot of different things just because of his knowledge on the system, kind of football they play, the culture, the vibes in the locker room. It's, he has all that knowledge. Um, I think what the Seahawks need to do next is turn towards an offensive-minded court, uh, coach. Because obviously Geno Smith is not going to be the guy next year, or maybe if next year they draft me like Michael Penix and have him sit behind him. I think that's an ideal scenario. But um, I think you move on from you make a decision. I think you either trade DK or you trade 
jackets go through gender, depending on what you want to do. Um, jazz sounds younger, so I I would assume they would just try DK instead. But you draft Pettings, you have JSN build that connection with a new offensive minded coach. That's very important. Okay, I hate I hate when teams draft a, def- a higher defensive minded coach for an offensive rookie. It makes no sense to me. Um, so let them develop that relationship with the coach um, and the incoming quarterback. And I, you have you have talent, young talent on both ends. You can build something special there. But as of now. Kudos to Pete Carroll, and I hope those search goes well. Yeah. Um, and with that, we're going to move down to college level, where we just found out today, the greatest college coach of all time, Nick Saban, has officially retired from the University of Alabama. Um, you know, not enough can be said about Nick Saban and the Alabama team. We've, we've witnessed the Alabama dynasty is just as good as the Patriots dynasty um, at the college level. Uh, Nick Saban has had this team at least top five finish. I don't remember how many years. Well, I don't remember the last time they were finished outside the top five. Um, but, yeah, they, this team, Nick Saban is the same age as Pete Carroll, 72 years old, greatest coach in football history. I know he tried in the NFL. It didn't work out as well. But, uh, yeah, he was the greatest coach I've ever seen at the college level. Um, I remember 2016, 2017, like the 2014 to 2018 run he had – so many great players, so many NFL talent now in the like so many NFL players coming through that program. Um, Alabama football was a powerhouse. Uh, I don't know how they're going to be after he, he leaves, and he's produced so many great coaches at the college level. We saw Steve Sarkeesian at Texas this year. Um, we've seen, I mean, there's just countless amount of coaches that's come through Nick Saban, players, and everything. Uh, I think the game was starting to get away from him a little bit, just a little bit. He still got them in the playoffs this year, beat Georgia, ended um, the Georgia 27 or 28 game reign or whatever it was. Uh, he is, yeah, he's going to go down as one of the GOATs coaches of all time. He's going to be right up there with Bill Belichick. Uh, and I think ever since that transfer portal opened and the NIL, NIL deal started opening up, Alabama hasn't been the same team that they were the early – 2010s to the late 2010s um, or the entire 2010s. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, I think Nick Saban for the time he was the perfect coach. And now I think it's getting a little bit away from him. I think now that uh, the recruiting, there's just so much competition. So many teams. I mean, you got Deion Sanders recruiting five-star recruits. Like it's nothing for Colorado out of all teams. Um, It's just a lot harder. And I think Nick Saban kind of realized that and he's, you know, I think recruiting was his strongest suit, even though his coaching was great on the field and his discipline and everything. I think his recruiting process was probably the greatest thing ever because you had guys literally, it was like Coach K at Duke. He would just get the best players every single year. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. Um, obviously, there were some reports on how he did it, but you know, uh, yeah, that happens in every great program, though. Yeah, every great program, but Nick Saban did it the best. And he was able to, I mean, just make a 20-year college dynasty, which we probably will never see ever in the history of college football ever again. And, uh, yeah, so kudos to Nick Saban and uh, good luck in retirement. Yeah, shout out to Nick Saban, bro. Um, Best college coach ever. Um, You know, I wasn't really that interested in football, but whenever Bama would play, like, in a big game, you know, I'd be tuning in, of course. And, you know, they've been good for – so many years now. Yeah. He won at LSU. He won a national championship. He won six at Bama. Um, they were always in the mix. This year was probably one of his greater coaching feats. It was one of his least talented teams. Um, and he still took them to the college football playoff. They're basically almost beat almost beat the champions. Exactly. They're basically a play away from beating the champs. And they put up a really good fight. I mean, um, so yeah, he's done great recruiting wise, obviously, one of the best ever. Um, and just one of the most respected football minds um, to ever grace this earth. So shout out to him on a great career. Um, it's kind of sad. Like you saw, we saw Pete Carroll, you know, get pushed out today. Saban retired, and we don't know the future of Bill Belichick in New England. So yeah, a whole new guard coming in now. Um, I think Andy Reid is probably like the last of that old, old guard that's still mm-hmm. like doing really well. So um, it's kind of sad to see like all these guys we've been watching for so long leave the game. 
Yeah, he is the by default the greatest college time. Um, what he did to Alabama, I don't think will be replicated for a while. Um, yeah, I don't think ever. Yeah, yeah. not change at all. Like you got these, every, everyone's leaving. Like even good programs. So, like I like let's get this straight. I hate. Alabama, and there's a trend with the teams I hate. I hate the Patriots. I hate Alabama. Alabama. That tells you they're winners. Bro. But like, you like Duke? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wait, what? Duke is? Oh, we're not talking about basketball, bro. So, oh, okay. You talking about football? Um, but yeah, they're winners. Um, this year, I don't even like Vince. You said the game get away from him. I don't think it got away from him. I just think the team wasn't as good as he was in the past. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the fact that even how close they got to the championship game this year. Yeah, that's just a testament to how great of a coach he is. So, whatever happens in retirement, maybe he could, I don't know what he's about to do. Have fun. You earned it. You accomplished everything you need to. So, that's it. The, the after thing, commercials will never be the same. Man, I, he's probably still doing those, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know but that. I'll say the greatest play, the greatest decision the Knicks have ever made that I've ever witnessed that championship game in 2017. Whenever he pulled Jalen Hurts out of the championship to put in Tua of true freshman, that's got balls, man. He got that, balls. That was the ball, ballsiest things I ever seen him do, and to win the championship in overtime on a throw to, from Tua to was it Devontae Smith? Yeah, that's just insane. Uh, so yeah, Nick Saban, man, the goat. And with all that being said, that's gonna wrap up our show for this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will see y'all on the next episode for the divisional round preview. So thank you and peace out. Peace out. Peace.